Good Saturday morning to everybody, and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show in the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Along with Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Rob, hey! Good morning, Gary. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> Good. You sound a million miles away. I I know you're uh, you're not in the state of Connecticut. You're on vacation. Even you, my friend, are entitled to a vacation. But um, but I miss you. I, I'd be honest if I didn't tell you. you I, too. I miss not having you in the studio. And you're you know I know you're going to be just as energetic. But I, I love I enjoy your presence. Appreciate it, man. You too. I'm sorry I couldn't be there. But yeah, you know we got to take a little bit of re- rest and relaxation, a recharge. Especially as crazy as things have been the last couple of months, years, I don't even remember anymore, but it's been a whirlwind. So definitely need a little bit of downtime so that I can be at my best and do my best Amen for my family, to, my clients, everybody. Amen to that, brother. I, I mean, yours truly, I have never, I haven't taken a vacation in about three years. My producer, Jimmy J, is telling me every day, you, you know, you need to take a vacation. And I know everybody's got to recharge their batteries. And even if I just, I take some day trips here and there, but I, I'm long overdue for a vacay. Tell us where you are. So I'm up in uh, Maine. I'm in a city called York, Maine. It's okay. really not that far, only maybe three hours or so from Connecticut. That's not bad. But um, beautiful coastline up here, if you haven't been, just beaches are amazing the seafood just the food in general yeah that's phenomenal i'm eating lobster two meals at least two meals a day right now so (laughs) it's a good good time but uh you know the market up here is hot too i'm seeing for sale signs bidding wars going on i have an associate uh of mine that actually does lending up in maine so I'm not super into the market up here, but I know it's a vacation market. You know, vacation homes, a lot of people that have a second home up up in this area. And there's, you know, everything from two or 300000 all the way up to, you know, your $8, $10 million ridiculous mansions on the water. So there's something for everybody. And you're eating, did you say you're eating lobsters twice a day? <laughs> wow. You know, Living when I come life. up to the area here, you know, it's like the look. I'm someone, when I travel, I like to do as the locals do, really get into the local culture. And when I'm in Maine, I mean, you got to be eating the fresh seafood. Um, it's the time of year. Lobster, you know, it's good. There's a lot of options. But I get, after a couple of days of that, I do get a little bit tired of it and switch back to regular food. But for the first couple of days you're in Maine, I mean, you got to be on that lobster, that seafood of diet. Of course, of course. Hey, I, I, a quick question before we get into the show, and you kind of touched on this a moment ago. You talked about uh, the housing market. I know you're, you're. I know you're not. A, obviously, you're not a real estate agent. You take care more of the, um, the mortgages. But is is the inventory issue just as prevalent in Maine as it is in Connecticut? Is is I would definitely say. You think yes. there's bidding and and. Prices are going for above asking. Is that uh, is that occurring as well? Yeah, there's there's homes for sale, but it's few and far between, like mm-hmm. it is in Connecticut and a lot of areas. That inventory is so low, um, and especially when you get to the areas that are by the water, yeah. there's just supply and demand. There's not a lot of land available. I'm seeing a lot here of redevelopment. So I'm seeing them knock down an old house built in the 1920s and put up a brand new $2 million mansion, you know, with all the bells and whistles. I saw the other day I was uh, driving down in York and I saw they had 
uh, demolished, I think, a couple homes, and they're putting up a hotel or a motel in that area. So there's a lot of redevelopment going on here, a lot more than I see in Connecticut, to be honest with you. And that shows me there's a lot of money coming to the area because development costs a lot. It's a very high-risk real estate endeavor. So when there's a lot of development going on in certain areas, it tells you that area is poised for growth. And I definitely see that. Have you been to Maine? Have you ever been to Maine, or is this your first time there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I... I used to go to Old Orchard Beach, Maine as a kid. Yeah. That's what my parents did back yeah. in, you know, the 90s. Yep. But anyways, nowadays, uh, we've gone like the last, I'd say, three, four years. So I've been up here, you know, pretty yeah. much every year. Old Orchard Beach, yeah, it's a big tourist uh, area of, yep. of, of Maine. Uh, I, do you, see, I asked you that question because I want you to do a comparison. Are you seeing more or fewer houses for sale now than let's just say the last time? Not, you don't have to go back to the 90s, but from the last time that you visited. Um, fewer. Fewer. Fewer homes. Okay, interesting. Yep. Okay. And it's that lock-in effect we talk about, people needing to sell, to buy, and get rid of that low rate, get a higher rate, take a lower payment they're going to not have anymore, and now they're going to have a higher payment. So, yes, that lock-in effect. We're seeing it right. you know, every single day, and Maine is no different than California or Colorado or Florida. This is a nationwide issue, but because the housing inventory has always been less in the Northeast, than some other areas. We're even seeing it even more. That's why, like you mentioned, every house is going bidding war. Every house is way over asked. That's the supply and demand, and it's not letting up anytime soon. That's for sure. Uh, how, uh, there's many different ways to purchase a home. What do you think? Uh, let's talk this morning about buying a home with a student loan. I didn't even know you could even do that. This is a huge topic, Gary, and one of the reasons why I thought this was the timing on this was perfect is because I'm sure you know and a lot of our listeners that the Biden administration had just passed some new things coming out saying that all of these borrowers, these student loans borrowers that haven't had to make payments in literally uh, years now, right? Years. And now they're needing to make payments again. So I've had people contacting me freaking out, emails, phone calls. You know, they're wondering, can I still buy a home? Everyone's in a different spot. Some people have 10000 in student loans. Other people have 100000 in student loans or even more. So, like, can you buy a house with student loans? The answer is yes. How do you buy a house with student loans? That's what we're going to dive into because when you're dealing with student loans, in a lot of cases, it can be as big as a mortgage or more, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I, what, so what do you think are... Oh, I don't know. Like, let's see, what, what are the biggest challenges for student loan borrowers when it comes to getting a mortgage then? The biggest challenges I see are going to be the debt amount and the future monthly payments. And it can really be a hindrance, especially for those that are starting out in their career, because, you know, you may have a lower paying job when you're starting out, yet you've got this big student loan debt that's over your, you know, over your head. So you can sometimes have difficulty qualifying, especially in this robust uh, seller's market that we're in, where you need to really push the envelope with your pricing and how much you can afford. There can be difficulties because you may not be able to qualify for what you want or what you need because that student loan is the specific item Mm. that's holding you back. Specifically, the student loan counts against you when it comes to repaying the mortgage. Even if you're not paying at all right now, your student loan's at a zero payment. It's deferred for six months, a year, maybe even several years, the underwriting and the processor that's looking at your loan, they're going to be saying, what is this student loan payment going to be? What payment do we need to look at to qualify this person? 
and it's generally going to be a percentage. There's a calculation we'll go into here shortly, but they're going to come up with a, a calculation of how much that's going to count against you. And in some cases, it's the difference between qualifying for a great home and not qualifying at all. Oh, oh. Well, what about government back loans? How do they look at how do they look at student yeah. loan debt? Government back loans are if you have a lot of student loan debt, government back loans can be a saving grace because government loans for the most part look at student loans a little bit less uh, strict, or I should say it like this. Government loans look more flexibly at the actual student loan and the payment that you're going to make. So you have a better shot in many cases of getting approved for a government loan than a conventional loan if you're dealing with a lot of student loan debt. FHA, VA, and USDA, those are the three government-backed loans we're going to talk about. And all three of them have a different calculation for how they're actually going to calculate that repayment against you, right? So FHA looks at 0.5% of the balance, okay? So on $100,000 in student loan debt, they're going to give a payment of $500, one half of 1%, all right? VA loans are a bit more forgiving. So VA loans, they take 5% of the balance, but then they divide that by 12 months. So you can do the math in your head and see that's a bit more forgiving. VA is actually the best student loan calculation of any of the government loans. And then the last thing is going to be USDA loans, which look at the payment on the credit or a half of 1%, similar to FHA. It's important to understand that VA loans, they'll give you credit for the income-based repayment amount. So something that we'll talk about here is called income-based repayment. And it's a specific payment plan that you can go to your student loan company and ask for. And some loans will take that income-based repayment and use that as your qualification, and some loans will not, okay? Wow. So realize that, and it's, most of the time it's a great thing, and it can give you a big leg up if you have that income-based repayment set up. All right, so let's talk a little bit about conventional loans. How do they view student loan debt, let's say, differently from that FHA or government yep. loan? All right. So conventional loans are going to be the ones that are offered by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and they have their own guidelines, right? So FHA, or excuse me, Fannie Mae is going to consider 1% of the balance. So $100,000 student loan, mm-hmm. $1,000 a month. Now think about that in the context of a mortgage. $1,000 a month wow. is a big chunk of income, right? That's I'm a sure. big chunk that could be going to your mortgage or other debt that's going to this student loan. So that can be a big issue. Um, But Fannie Mae will also allow the income-based repayment. So if you have that IBR, as we call it, the income-based repayment plan set up, they'll allow you to use that payment instead of the 1% that they'll default to. Okay? So that can be a little loophole that you can use uh, to kind of get around that. Now, Freddie Mac is even better. Freddie Mac only requires one half of 1%, just similar to what we were talking about on FHA, or the income-based repayment, as we discussed. So conventional loans, you see, there's definitely viability here. But just for context, these conventional loans generally have a lower threshold for debt than the government loans. So if you're dealing with a lot of student loan debt, we're going to want to look at both options and see where you're going to be able to qualify for more house, especially in this market, 
because of that bidding over ask, because of those bidding wars that you need, right? So it's really important to look at all those options so we can get you in the right loan based on your student loan debt that you've got. All right, so let's just, here's a scenario. If someone defaulted, let's say, on their government student loan, can can they still be eligible to buy a home? They can. They can. I've dealt with quite a few uh, that have defaulted on their student loans. We've been able to get them into a new house, but you've got to prepare ahead. So, you know, we did a show a week, couple weeks ago about credit and getting credit in line. Right, yep. Well, you really want to get your credit in line if you have a defaulted student loan. You also want to have more flexibility with your down payment because when you have bad or low credit, or like we're saying, a defaulted student loan, your credit generally is not going to be on the, you know, excellent range. So you want to do everything you can to get that credit up to give you a better shot. Mm -hmm. Also, sometimes if you put, say, a 5% down payment or a 10% down payment, that can get you a loan approval versus just trying to put the bare minimum, especially when you've got this, you know, defaulted student loan. So that's huge. Um, A borrower that's defaulted on a government loan is generally going to need to apply for a conventional mortgage. And you may be wondering why. Because the, all the government agencies are interconnected. Mm. So if you screw Sally May on that student loan, then Ginny May, who backs the FHA and VA loans, will say, hey, you screwed someone else in the government, so we're not going to allow you. We're not going to give you any more of this government money, right? So that's why a lot of people have pretty much the door shut on them when they have defaulted student loans and try to get a government loan. And as we've talked about, the conventional loans have higher credit, you know, needs. So having that higher credit, that bigger down payment, all that stuff, if you've got the defaulted student loan, is very important. CAVERS, C-A-I-V-R-S, it's a system called CAVERS, the Credit Alert Verification Reporting System. This is what we use as lenders to see if you're on the list. There's this list of people that have been bad to the government. They've defaulted on government loans. If your social security number comes up on that list, you're not going to be able to get another government loan. It's really simple. We can look that up early in the process. If you've got a CAVERS alert and you want to get it fixed, I've helped many, many borrowers fix it and actually get into a home with a government loan even. But it's a long process. It takes time. It's not something you want to do under the gun of buying a home. It's something that your mortgage advisor and just financial advisor in general should be coaching you towards getting the cavers handled before you're ready to buy a home. That's why we say get prepared months ahead because this stuff right. can take 30 to 60 days. The last one I did took about 90 days to get fixed. So wow. keep that in mind if it's something you're looking to do. So at what point then would you recommend someone with uh, with a lot of student loans Approach someone like you, a mortgage advisor, for pre-approval or even advice on on getting a mortgage plan in place. I would say if you've got a lot of student loan debt, you want to be talking to a mortgage advisor like myself at least between 6 and 12 months before you're ready to buy a home. Especially if you have defaulted or derogatory student loans. Then if you can contact me, you know, a year ahead, that would be great because I can really put you on the right path to get it fixed. Um, even if you don't have the down payment funds or your credit isn't ideal yet, it's still worth you getting in contact because we can develop that custom strategy for you tailored to your situation, which is going to entail how do you handle these student loans. We may find the student loans aren't even a problem or they may be a much bigger problem than you thought, right? Mm. 
so rather have that conversation 6, 12, 24 months ahead than at the last minute when we're trying to pull it all together for that pre-approval. So, all right, what are some things that student loan holders can do ahead of time to prepare for the, the mortgage process? I would say the first and foremost item is to take the advice we're giving to get with a mortgage advisor way ahead. Now, I want to give some context. Like if you've got five or 10,000 in student loan debt, maybe even 20,000, to me, that's not a major hindrance. Um, but if you've got 30,000, 50,000, 100,000, it may be. And what I'm talking about, again, is your debt to income, the, the amount of student loans you have versus your income. Um, and people think, well, it's a zero payment. I'm not going to worry about it. But you do need to worry about it because even though it's zero payment, it's going to affect your mortgage approval. One of the other things is the income-based repayment can take a little bit of time to get set up. So if you're going the route of the income-based repayment, let's get that done way ahead of your mortgage application so it'll be reporting on your credit when we go for that loan. It'll make the process a bit easier and get you the lowest possible student loan payment and the highest possible mortgage approval. Okay, so that's what, what you want to do way ahead. But again, if you're in default or you're seeking a government loan, you want to be doing trial payments and the, the consolidation, I believe they call it, when you're actually taking student loans out of default with the government. So again, realize that can take a bit of time and you're going to want to prepare way ahead for that. I've seen it take 30 to 60 days. I've seen it take three to six months. We don't know until we kind of lay that plan, and you contact your student loan servicer. Just don't take it for granted and think you know the answer. We're better off being early than we are a little bit late. Very interesting. All right, folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. If you'd like more information, you can, of course, head on over to Rob's website. It's very easy, www.robgw.com. Again, it's robgw.com. And his phone number is area code 860-413-3938. By the way, I'm going to repeat all of that information and their email address, or I should say, his email address to you uh, more towards the end of the show. Rob, can you talk about some specific scenarios that you've dealt with regarding student debt and, you know, some of the challenges that it brings to home buyers? Yeah, definitely. Uh, a couple of stories come to mind. Specifically, it was about a year and a half ago I had a client, a very complicated case. She came to me. Her name's Megan. She's from Middletown. She's a first time home buyer. We got her pre-approval way, way ahead, mm -hmm. and we realized she had this cavers issue, you know, that we were talking about. Yeah. So we worked to resolve it, and we found a suitable solution, and she was able to close within a reasonable time frame because we handled it before she went under contract, okay? So it actually took about 90 days for her to do it, but because we did it in a timeline where she wasn't under the gun... Mm -hmm. By the time she went under contract, the loan went through like a regular smooth as butter, right? Like no <laughs> issues, no hiccups, nothing like that. So that's one case where she was actually in default on her student loan, and we were able to get her an FHA loan, which is a government loan, even with that previous default. So that's number one. The other one is a client came to me from Waterbury, Shatisha, and she couldn't qualify for the house she wanted. So she came to me after going to other lenders. They didn't really give her this coaching that she needed, this financial planning that she needed on the student loans. So initially when I looked at it, her student loan on her credit showed a zero payment. 
So we were qualifying her for a Freddie Mac loan using the half of 1%, the 0.5%. Mm-hmm. But she had a lot of student loan debt, and her income was relatively low. She made less than 50000 a year in Connecticut. I mean, it wasn't a lot of income there. So we had to do everything we could to make it work. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I coached her to set up an income-based repayment plan. So what happened is once we she set that up and we got the letter, it only took like maybe two weeks to do the whole thing. And once we got that income-based repayment letter, we were able to complete her pre-approval and get her pre-approved for the actual amount that she wanted. There was a specific property she was looking at that she wanted to put an offer in on. Offers were due very, very soon. She wasn't able to until we got this. It, this made it happen for her. The income-based repayment was about 40 bucks a month less than the half of a percent Freddie Mac calculation. And that little subtle change... Right made that difference for her. She was able to get the home. That's great. I, that's a great story, by the way. Um, what about co-signed student loans? H- how do, you know, how do those play into the mortgage qualification, particularly for, you know, for the parents who co-sign for yes. their children? Really big myth on this is that parents think that the student loan they co-sign for their kids won't show up on their credit or won't count against them when they go to get a loan. That's a very, very common myth, and it's absolutely wrong. And I'm unfortunately the bearer of bad news when I have to tell them that they don't qualify for the loan or it's going to be more difficult because of this cosign loan. So cosign student loans for children are considered as if they're your own loan when it comes to getting a new mortgage. Doesn't really matter that you cosigned. You're 50-50, equal playing field. Is that so all co-signs for everything, by the way, or is it just for student loans? It's really for everything. There is one loophole. There is one creative way around it, and we talked about this again a couple weeks ago when we were going through a similar topic on credit. We can exclude the loans if somebody else makes the payment from their personal bank account for the last 12 months minimum, okay? So if you're... For example, you're a dad, you co-sign student loans for your daughter. She's now out in the world making her money and paying the student loans off on her own. You're not involved. She pays it every month from her bank account. If we can show that for 12 months, canceled checks or bank statements showing that she makes the payment from her account, you're not involved in it at all, then we can exclude it on most loan programs. Okay? Hmm. But if we can't do that, then it is going to count against you. And oh. that's, again, for student loans or any of anything else. No, I got you. So it, let's say in that, in that scenario, in that case, what documentation then would be required if, if someone else is paying for student loans that you co-signed in order to exclude them from the mortgage qualification? Yeah, so let's drill down on the paperwork. Yeah. In the mortgage process, this is probably going to be the most paperwork you have to come up with. It's a <laughs> lot of paper chasing on this, right? So it's going to be 12 months. It can't be 11 or 10. It's got to be 12. There's absolutely no exceptions on this at all. I've dealt with it a lot trying to get people under with 11 months. Doesn't work. Must be 12 consecutive months of bank statements or canceled checks showing that the other person makes the payment from their bank account. So if you're a joint owner on that account, if it's dad and daughter, not going to fly. It has to be the daughter's own bank account in this example. And it has to be at least 12 months. Like I said, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And the last piece of this puzzle that you want to know is there cannot be any derogatory payments. So if even one of those payments was missed, it was 30 days late, maybe it was made on the 35th day and it was considered late, 
All these rules are off. You cannot exclude the debt. This is only if somebody else makes the payment and the payment is as agreed or current on time. If there's any delinquency or derogatory in the last 12 months, these, the bet's off. So that's a very, very important thing because obviously sometimes people do make a late payment. Even if it was only once, it's off. It's not happening. All right. Uh, I got time for one more question. What about someone who is wondering, well, should I pay off my student loans or buy a house? What do you recommend? That's a common question. I've talked to a lot of people lately that have said to me, well, I'm not buying a house because I'm paying my student loans off. Or the opposite, I'm not paying my student loans at all because I'm buying a house. But I say that it's possible to do both. I've seen people do both. I coach most of my clients to do both. And here's what it looks like on paper is consider paying the minimum amount on your student loans while you're saving for a home purchase. So I'm not saying go all out and pay extra and get those student loans zeroed out. No, no, no. Pay the minimum. Like we were saying, get that income-based repayment plan set up, that low minimum payment. Pay on that. So at least you're making a little bit of headway, but then put the bulk of your savings, the bulk of your money over towards your home savings, that new home. The one exception to that is if you're dealing with a private student loan and it's at a very, very high interest rate. Right now, high interest student loans, I'd be talking like more than 9 or 10%. Then you may want to focus more on the student loan debt. But for majority of borrowers, the student loans are relatively low, you know, less than 7 8%. In that case, I would split it, put some to student loans, some to savings, and then you can move forward with your home purchase. There also may be other debt, as we've talked about. If your student loans are at 7 or 8 why are you going to pay those off instead of a credit card right. that's at 15 or 20 So you've got to really be strategic in this. You don't want to make the wrong move because you're going to – Get a lot more bang for your buck on your credit score and on your affordability by paying down high interest, credit card, or other debt versus the student loan. So definitely keep that in mind. You know, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's sad. Some people are just buried in debt. They've got their student loan. You know, they've got a credit card or two. They've got a car payment. You know, of course, the, you know, rent if they – utilities. But, you know, adding a mortgage to that, that can be that can be tricky, I guess. I don't know. I it can be tricky. That's why, I mean, it's all about putting your best foot forward. It's all about getting in best position. But this isn't a perfect world. People do buy house with a lot of other debt. It is possible. It's okay. It's something to be embarrassed about. But again, got to put that best foot forward. And we got to look at the house as not the final destination, but a path on your journey towards wealth. Right? Well, well stated. Folks, if you'd like more information on this show or any of the other topics that we discuss, uh, head on over to robgw.com. Again, it's robgw.com. By the way, if you've got a question that you'd like to have answered, maybe right here on these very airwaves, we set up a an email address uh, specifically for you. It's Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Again, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. By the way, if you'd like to schedule an appointment with Rob, that's easy to do as well. I'll give you his number uh, twice. It's 860 413 3938. Again, it's 860 413 3938. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long.